Yep. So all of those are processes that you as the business owner have to decide what your tolerance is. And it has to do with how much money is involved and what's the quantity of returns, right? If you have very inexpensive product, and it doesn't break easily, and your return rate is 5-10%, you probably will say, okay, I'm not that worried. But what if your return rate is 15% and it's very expensive product and it's fragile, right? That could take all your profits away if you don't manage that well. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the WBS podcast. I am Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. If you are an e-commerce brand and starting on the e-commerce journey, 3PL may appear to be an attractive option. You might feel that the only thing matters for e-commerce is sales and marketing. But as you advance in your journey, you will quickly realize how critical your operations are for your customer experience. If your customers can't receive the right products at the right time, they will not stick with you for very long, regardless of how compelling could be your messaging and customer service interactions. But the biggest frustration would be to be penalized for none of your fault. How would you feel if your 3PL shipped your competitor's product to your customer? But that's what happens when you lose control of your supply chain. While the 3PLs make it look very attractive due to their tech capabilities, the age-old problems with 3PLs are still the same. And ShipVob is no exception to that. In today's episode, we invited a panel of cross-functional experts for a live interview on LinkedIn who brings significant expertise to discuss ShipBob's capabilities. We discussed their strengths and weaknesses and why they should not be confused with an e-commerce platform. Finally, we discussed their pricing comparison with the traditional 3PL players and the value they offer for e-commerce merchants. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one vendor or the solution that we review independently. And we always have a panel that is willing to share their insights and wisdom. For today, we have a very exciting vendor it's another 3PL, similar to what we reviewed last week. This is called Ship Bob. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intro. I am going to start with my intro. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta. I'm principal at Elevate. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. I've been doing uh, 
ERP and digital transformation implementations for roughly what 20 years and uh, e-commerce TPL conversation is always at the heart of it. On that note, I am going to move to Phil for his intro. Hi, Sam. Hi, everybody. Phil Kerper, Managing Director of Ringling Business Solutions, coming to you from rainy Wisconsin today. Uh, at uh, Ringling Business Solutions, we help executive leadership teams align digital transformation strategy with their core business. And this one uh, on how to handle uh, outbound shipping in a 3PL is really a great topic to discuss tonight and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Thanks, Thanks Sam. so much for being here, Phil. And uh, now if you are in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys send your questions and comments and we'd love to see them during the show. Uh, we would love to respond to them as well during the show if we cannot get to them, uh, then obviously we'll our panelists and, and I'll make sure that we receive your answers. So Phil, I'm actually going to start with the briefing for Chef Bob. I know you have done a little research as well, so I would love to hear your insights in terms of what your perspective is overall on um, Chef Bob's capabilities. My perspective always as I am looking at, especially the newer breed of 3PL, when they are trying to position their software capabilities, uh, in ShipBob's case, at least they are not charging for the software. So at least you can tell that, okay, they are not a software company. In the last one, Ship Hype that we had reviewed, they were charging for the software subscription as well. But, you know, this seems to be slightly more a step 3PL. Obviously, there has been a growing trend of this overarching value of 3PLs, how much uh, 3PLs are going to be beneficial. And obviously, Shibab has received a lot of funding overall from the fulfillment perspective that helps a lot of different e-commerce merchants, especially if you are not going to have the bandwidth, the, the capital to be able to manage the inventory warehousing, maybe we know how. That is equally important when it comes to operation. Um, so Phil, uh, do you have any commentary related to briefing? Yeah, first first of all, just on the concept, because uh, uh, we'll we'll kind of hit the concept as well as the ship bob in particular tonight, is it's it's really can be an excellent tool as you're growing your business to be able to outsource that that 3PL and that fulfillment and the inventory uh along with it, management with it. And so that can really help you at a point of scale, but also there's risks in that. And you're you're there's risks that you're counting on a third party to perform. There's risks as if they don't perform and you can have customers that are that are waiting for a resolution while you're trying to go to your third party. One thing that that ship, Bob, I think uh, is is interesting and impressive is is they, they're one of these types of businesses that seems to be pretty well established. They've got, like you said, good funding. And and so you can maybe be a little bit more sure yourself that you're signing up with a partner who's not going to be one of the startups in this space. But even that be said, none of these guys are perfect. And there's probably going to be some some negative reviews out there when they didn't get everything done that you wanted them to get done. Exactly. And I am probably going to miss Robert in this one because he was really particular about, you know, the customer, uh, um, uh, you know, fulfillment expectations, the way it has to be done. And I think you made one comment last week as well that you don't like to see anybody else between you and your uh, customer. So we are going to see, you know, how the users and the customers are, are reporting when they are working with them. We have some interesting reviews that we would love to review during the right. show. And just, just, as, uh, just as a bias, I don't like people between me and my customer, and I don't like me between people and my suppliers. 
Uh, I don't like people between me and my employees, you know, even when it comes to a payroll model yep. that an ADP can have. But there's there's there that's not perfect all the time. That's a bias. Yep. There's times when when those partners can really add a lot of value. Just be careful when you're them that you really vet them out. And I completely agree with you, Phil. I mean, I am probably of the similar opinion. If you have the direct contact, obviously, you are going to have a lot more control on the process. And when you are going to have as sensitive process as your operations, where you're, you are going to have the real impact on your customer experience, that layer could make the process slightly more complicated. Obviously, if you have a very dependable, reliable PBL uh, yeah. in the patches where you are going to need, then it will make sense. Yeah. Okay, so let's review uh, ShipBob. So here, overarching position, the way ShipBob has positioned, and this is actually coming from the Quench Um So here, they are trying to position themselves as the e-commerce fulfillment order platform. And that's how the, the overarching picture of the e-commerce fulfillment platform has been getting a lot of momentum, especially in this uh, investment. Um, you know, a lot of people have been talking about Shopify building their fulfillment capabilities, Amazon building their own sort of, obviously they have been really good at, but the additional capacity that they are trying to build. So obviously the e-commerce fulfillment space is very hot. Uh, and that's probably the reason why they have received $330 million in the investment. That's a This is a big, giant, humongous company that nobody knows, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's real money in this space for sure. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and the number of employees is uh, roughly, what, 500 to 1,000. And then they are uh, talking about here that ShipBob is a technology company. Okay, so that's I a little caveat there. I would position them as 3PL. They are really PL company. They are not necessarily a technology company. Okay, that fulfills, yes, the technology is going to be a big piece of what they are trying to do, but they are not necessarily a software company. They are really a 3PL company with very heavy tech capabilities that you probably need when you are working with the 3PL, but they are really a 3PL provider that fulfills e-commerce orders for direct-to-consumer brands uh, and an end-to-end fulfillment solution. Then they are saying it's software combines order and inventory management. I would be extremely careful there. Okay, so when you say order and inventory management, that is going to be only the orders and the inventory that you are shipping to them as CPL for them to manage. That is not your complete order and inventory unless you are only working with them or a CPL, okay? So, so make sure you are paying close attention to these things. When you are reviewing, this is going to be only the portion that you are managing with ShipBob. Obviously, in my experience, it's not the best idea to just completely depend on one CPL unless you are simply starting. Uh, you know, sometimes that might make sense, uh, but it's um, it's very risky. in general. I personally like to diversify my business model a little bit. Uh, then they are seeing customer communication, predictive insights, optimized uh, shipping for online merchants. Uh, ShipBob's software is also fully integrated with e-commerce platforms. And again, these integrations, I want to be extremely careful there again. Okay, if you are shipping from these integration directly to ShipBob, and ShipBob is doing everything for you. And that's what they want because that's where they make money, right? But that may not be in your best interest. So make sure you are understanding what you are getting into and where all you might have the financial risks because obviously 3PLs are going to have their own pricing model and the overages and the charges. 
uh, as long as you understand that then it's going to be okay but make sure you understand uh, yeah. go ahead and the word integrations there sam we we usually get into this every week on one level or another but everybody talks about uh, how easy it is and it can be there the you know the 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 models and the api tools you can get and all that stuff and they might have some standard integrations but the, sometimes there's trouble there and sometimes it takes a lot more work than what you're what you think you're getting into or there's limits in what you can see this is a separate platform so it's an additional it's an additional software platform that has to talk to your other platforms and there can be some there can be some challenges so phil i'll give you a little walk through of how the integration is going to work and then you can probably tell me whether you will feel comfortable as we go okay so this is how the the demo or the platform is so inside your shopify plus platform that is going to be your any e-commerce platform right inside that they have a bunch of apps that you can literally download the way you are going to download your uh, any of the apple apps or the apps. as soon as you hit okay app is in my instance then obviously the app can communicate with shipbox that's how uh, you know select the integration is good now here is the tricky part okay again when you are managing all of your skus and the inventory and the fulfillment then it's going to be easy and we have seen the scenario that an average e-commerce merchant is probably going to require 25 different okay so how do you decide which skus go to shipbob versus which sku go to somebody else so that's where my line would be that okay these apps are great these integrations are great but how do you draw the line between who owns the data and how the data communication is and whether that is going to be reliable from the integration perspective uh, or not that is always my concern when i think of this overarching architecture phil yeah so it so it's interesting that shopify and magento are the two e-commerce platforms that they're choosing which use a as you stated a large app uh community as part of their business model you know versus the old epi server you know where they they use more of a programming philosophy than an app philosophy where they'll write apis so you made me feel more comfortable <clears throat> that the app is going to be downloadable and it'll work so i'm i'm less uncomfortable about that but you may then you raised an, an another point which is which is that unless you're exclusively using those and now you've got if you got a magento user or you you probably have a lot of apps going on there still is some real complexity so that that part that part makes me a little more uncomfortable exactly so i'll give you a little more walk through overall how the integration in your app server world is going to work versus the newer world so what newer world is trying to do is they are trying to provide the pre baked integration meaning in your case you had to literally develop those complex workflows and you had to pay for that uh, you know the apis even though they might be there but somebody <laughs> has to map them somebody has to map as per your business requirement so that the the apps can talk to each other but in this particular case the integration is going to be pre baked the only challenge with pre baked integration is always going to be you integrate based on certain fundamental okay that is going to be how your skus are going to be how it is going to be owned who is going to be owning the data obviously the way shipwob is going to design the integration it is going to air perspective <laughs> okay. yeah, 100% so, yeah and and we are going to be reviewing the other integration that shipbob has they have like what like 100 different integration and sometimes i am going to have a lot of question for shipbob okay what are you doing with those integrations and maybe phil you can help me with those okay, as we move along 
so this is how they have now they have clarified their position so obviously in the crunch base we saw that they were positioning themselves as the the e-commerce fulfillment platform but overall on the site i think they have clarified their position so now they are calling themselves as check enabled CEO. i absolutely love this because that's who they are this, this is who you are so so great job there now they are saying we use our proprietary software across fulfillment network for a cohesive experience orders are automatically sent to our warehouses where inventory is picked packed and shipped to your customers and this is exactly what we saw in case of ship so the platforms are fairly similar the way they are designed there this might be slightly more integrated i guess but from the overall platform capability at least i didn't see much of it so now they are saying that connect your store and send us uh, your products so this is the same functionality that we saw in case of ship then they are saying we store your inventory securely in our fulfillment and we are going to be reviewing a little commentary from the users as well how that process works because when you are going to be sending to ship bob there they are going to have a lot of assumptions in how they want those items to be tagged they even your customers are not going to have as many expectations because they have designed their warehouse processes around certain assumptions and if you don't comply with them they are going to uh, put a lot of charges because from their perspective their process is going to be broken if you don't follow the rules so they have really commoditized the whole warehouse fulfillment business by making sure that everybody is following this by the way if you are in the e-commerce business you should be thinking with the same mindset as well this is how should you should be thinking that okay each time you are going to break your process you should be penalizing yourself in my mind okay not financial but you know <laughs> some sort of way of un uh, understanding that okay i should have very streamlined process the way ship bob has designed their processes so we have something to learn from them uh, but obviously in this particular case when you are going to be working with them if you don't follow the rules uh, they are really going to penalize you and we are going to review all of that and this also leads to uh, the type of product and that that you're dealing with in your business so if you're dealing with a product that maybe has some complexity in cartonization or might have some complexity with materials how you're handling a potentially hazardous material or a special material and you have labeling requirements or you or or there's only certain things you can cartonize in certain ways only certain things you can put together and sometimes those rules can apply to a destination too so if you're in a business that has complexities that build on that it, it's it's either going it's either going to be difficult for a ship bob to do that or get very expensive for that so so it does kind of also say am i the type of business where my parcels are relatively straightforward and my uh, packaging requirements are relatively straightforward make sure that when you're working with these guys that you get that information up front and they don't all of a sudden start either limiting what they'll do for you or charging you a lot of money to do it exactly and as we move along in our discussion phil i'm probably going to have a question for you overall in terms of the way you are going to be training your people because let's say if you are the founder e-commerce merchant then obviously you are going to be super careful about what you are going to do but when you hire a bunch of warehouse guys who are going to get paid 15 dollars an hour i mean it's going to be really hard <laughs> to enforce the controls that ship bob is expecting and then you are actually going to be in the bills uh, because of their mistake so uh, so basically you know when you are working let's say if you have some sort of accounting system erp system and then you are trying to fulfill your own order and then you are working with ship bob so i don't know how that interaction is going to go between the because these guys are trying to position their system that okay 
you, if you want to send the inventory, you need to be sending in MySQL. Okay. Yes, you can use the API, but then you need integration. So I think I'll I'll leave your commentary from there how you would structure the whole training aspect. Yep, for sure. Okay. Um, so this is how their platform looks like uh, based on the the appearance of the platform. Uh, you know, it looks very similar to Shopify. So they have similar menu items, orders, inventory, customers, pricing, pictures. I don't know if I saw returns. I don't remember. Phil, maybe you you do. Uh, so feel free to chime in. I don't think I saw it on their menu items. I, it was in their die. It was in their list of things they did. Yeah. I don't recall yeah. seeing it on a menu item. Exactly. And these guys have billing as well as part of the platform. I don't know if the billing was there. Billing could be slightly handy. Uh, and the reason for that is because at least that is part of your workflow. You can see what charges you are. You can compare, okay, what they charged last time, what they are charging this time. So you have traceability at least at one place. So obviously their platform is going to be slightly more built uh, overall as compared to a newer player. Such as and, and returns is another one. I mean, the bane of our existence is returns, right? I know. <laughs> It's usually usually in a in a larger company, you know, or a mid-sized company, the you know, the, the poor guy who's in the returns area, you know, I don't know what he did. <laughs> but exactly. but seriously, that process is super important. And it's and it and it and it and it there's it often does require an intervention depending on the customer situation and how you're handling the credit and if it's gonna be have to be physically returned. So there's also I, I'd be interested in how 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 that really ties to great customer care when your third party is doing your return process. So here is the question I'm going to have for you, Phil, right now, okay, about the returns. So let's say we all know that CPLs are going to be charging a lot if you don't follow there, meaning if the package is not going to be packed in a certain way, if the label is not going to be, um, you know, put in a certain way, you are going to be $10, $40, $30, $50, $100, something $1,000, okay? So now when the customers are going to be sending the returns facility because my assumption in this process is going to be the return is actually going to go to the 3pl as opposed to you getting it right mm -hmm. so 3pl is going to get it and they are going to scan it now how do you enforce controls with the customer so let's say if i'm the customer and i'm the super lazy okay if i'm sending a package to be honest well okay it's not going to be very well packed because i just don't have time for it <laughs> okay <I'll, laughs> so let's say if i'm the customer so now is Let's say an e-commerce merchant, let's say you, are you going to yell at me that I didn't pack it properly, Phil? Or how would that process work? Or are you going to be paying for customers for it? Right. So, well, well, first of all, let's let's go even one click in front of that. The expectation of the customer in the Amazon age is that yeah. the return process is very easy. The return label is printed. Right. You just are you, or you just take it down to UPS and they and say, I'm returning this to Amazon and it's connected to their system. I mean we're very spoiled on that. So yeah. does the 3PL produce that type of ease for the customer in the first place? And then when you're doing a returns process, whether you're doing it at your 3PL or doing it at your at your facility, you need to make a decision and configure your, your uh, systems accordingly on whether you want a quality inspection at that return and what you want that to be. And that might depend on the uh, on the product itself. You know that there might be a product where that it's it's in its it's in its original packaging and and as long as the package isn't damaged, yeah. you would you would say that's my quality check and I'm going to put that back in stock. Or it might be something with a screen on it with glass inside it, where your quality process might be to open the package and make sure that it hasn't been damaged. And then what is the action that you take if it is damaged? Going back to the customer and doing something is almost a non-starter. 
So all of those are processes that you as the business owner have to decide what your tolerance is. And it has to do with how much money is involved and what's the quantity of returns, right? If you have very inexpensive product and it doesn't break easily and your return rate is 5, 10%, you know, you probably will say, okay, I'm not that worried. But what if your return uh, rate is 15% and it's very expensive product and it's fragile? Right. That could take all your profits away if you don't manage that well. So I think that those are just some of the things you, it depends on the business you're in, but you got to think about it. It's really important to you making money and taking care of costs. Did that get at where you were trying to get at, Sam? Yeah, completely agree. Uh, and obviously, I mean, there are going to be a lot more consideration when customer is going to be involved in the process because they are not going to be following the process that you might have set up. Uh, and CPL might be penalizing you. So you probably need to figure out. Okay, how many times the customer is likely to make the mistake uh, when they are going to be sending the return? And what is going to be the exact process? How CPL is going to be handling that, whether they are going to penalize you? So you need to definitely consider all of that. Yeah, and maybe these guys, I, I did not see it, but but maybe they, they're tied in so that you can take your return to the UPS store and the UPS store will make sure it's it's packaged correctly or or. You know, Amazon will will use uh, will use Coles, for example, where you can take it into there and you can process the return live. But but, you know, those aren't used by every customer. You know, in today's Amazon world, back to where I started, our expectation is if I get the wrong thing or I get something that's damaged and I want to return it, I have to spend about two seconds to get that done. Right. And then I look at my credit card and I got my money back. That's my exactly. expectation. Right. And and if that doesn't happen, you're going to have unhappy customers. So you can't go too far to protect yourself either. Right. Okay. Um, so let's give you some more, uh, you know, slides here. So this is very similar to what we saw. I think they have slightly uh, better pricing model overall if I compare this with Chef Hype. Uh, you know, just slightly more streamlined in my mind, just because they are slightly more established and they have, uh, you know, investors and advisors, and they probably are advising them that how they should be pricing according to consumers' expectations. So here they have the warehouse receiving order, and they are saying $25 for two hours worth of labor to receive inventory with WRO. Additional time is $35 man hour after first two hours. And again, I think Robert will find this slightly more expensive. Uh, I would probably find this expensive as well. But at the same time, you are utilizing a service. So obviously, they have to make their margin as well. Uh, you know, so $35, I don't know what is going to be the rate for temps when you get those. And I don't know how much guarantee you are going to, in this particular case, at least you have the business that you can count on as opposed to a person. Because when you are dealing with a person, you have all of those issues that go with humans. <laughs> but in this particular case, you have at least some reliability. Yeah, I, I think this 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 looks... Uh... This looks like a pretty well thought out number. It's 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 probably very competitive with a temp work source uh, force and and cheaper than full time equivalents and and so it, it, they you know they've thought this through. But I you know we did Robert did a nice job last week and I did not have a chance to do this. But if you're looking at this particular uh, uh, option. Do the total cost of ownership exercise. Find out when real dollars, what is this going to cost you every month and what does that mean to your margins? Yeah, could not agree more. So moving right along. So here, so this is the uh, send inventory functionality that they have. So when you are going to be sending the inventory, you are selecting the warehouse that you are shipping to. 
uh, and then if you don't know which warehouse to send to, obviously they can send to the default warehouse. Uh, and if that is not as per their rules, then obviously they are going to be penalizing you. Uh, and then you are going to be selecting the products that you are going to be sending. So you really need to know what you are sending. You can't just send them random products and then they are going to call you that, okay, what do you send? What do you want me to do with it? No, that's not how it goes. So you need to be really, really, really careful in use that you are going to be putting here and the quantity that you are going to be sending. And it has to be exact match in terms of the, the package that you are sending. Um, so they want to know the exact content of what they can expect to receive. If there are going to be any surprises, you are going to get the overages on the chart. So just make sure you understand that. Right. And then two things on this. In the earlier slide, they said if you don't follow their rules that they're going to put the, that inventory on hold. So, so they also they also have the you know they also have a a kick out that something didn't go right and maybe it applies to this your examples as well that you didn't give them what you thought what they thought they were going to get so you might have an inventory there that's hold and then you got to send it back but I also what caught my eye was the lot uh, arrow on this one Sam yeah and 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 if they do have lot functionality that gives you the ability to 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 manage some nice processes, whether it's a FIFO process or whether it's a whether you want to be able to understand in in lot quantity and and whether you ever need to isolate or you want to make sure that certain things ship first if you have shelf life that's the expiration date I'm assuming yeah. that's nice functionality. There's a lot of the basic uh, warehouse management systems that do not have a lot of functionality when it comes to lot management. Yeah, so this is where I, I found it interesting as well. This has been my personal challenge working with 3PL. Uh, it's always that manual handshake that is going to be required. And in my experience, the way I like to think about lot traceability is as soon as a 3PL is going to be involved in the, the whole lot, lot traceability breaks. Okay, even though people don't want to think about it, don't want to talk about it, <laughs> you know, but it's not as traceable as you would like. So here, the way this is going to work, these are not really the lot, the way you are going to be managing your lot number. So what you are doing here is you are sending the inventory and you are sending these specific lot numbers along with their expiration date. Now, when you want these products to be shipped to the customer, you are going to be instructing these guys that, okay, these are the lot numbers that I am trying to, so make sure you don't send anything else. So that's the full traceability. In my mind, they are able to do that. But traditional 3PLs always struggle because you are going to get a paper. You know, these are lot numbers. Now, where are those lot numbers? It's, it's all over the place uh, in my the, the way I have seen in the tradition. Uh, 100%. So that's different than what I expected. So the so the client is managing, is setting up the lot, if you will. And 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 then the question becomes, does does this particular 3PL, are they able, are they managing inventory locations that also include a lot identifier, right? Yeah, and that's going to be my expectation because they are a 3PL. So they are managing, okay, these are my SKUs and that's why you are sending them these SKUs. That's yeah. how they know, okay, which SKU to store, where. So obviously these SKUs are going to be tied to bin location. And then they have the lot number and the expiration date. So they are managing all of that for you. And then they are going to be releasing those lot numbers as per the expiration date, the way you want to set up. But again, this is all 3PL exchange, the whole Intention here is not to manage your pipe, <laughs> not to manage your own, uh, you know, overarching. That's not the intent here. This is all 3PL. Yep. So here we have some more functionality here. For example, inventory transfer, products history. This is all 3PL. Whatever you are managing with Shabab is what you are looking at. So I think that clarity needs to be here. This is not your inventory platform. This is the inventory platform 
for the inventory that you are managing with. So this is the next step that they have in the process. So they want the exact package configuration of how you are going to, whether it is going to be a parcel, whether it's going to be palletized, or it's going to be floor loaded, uh, you know, container, whatever it is, tell me what I should be expecting in that box in my facility. That's what they are asking. And then they are asking for some of the configuration, whether it is going to be one SKU per box, multiple SKUs per box. Obviously, there, is, there are going to be pricing layers. Uh, you know, B2C has different pricing versus B2B. So make sure you understand all of that when you are trying to utilize that. Okay, so this is the slide from one of the review and one of the another YouTube reviewer had reviewed Chef Bob and this is his commentary or assessment, what he found. And I kind of agree with a lot of different comments that he had made. So I am going to walk into them. So here, uh, before we get there, a couple of comments on the, the slide is going to be, this is the inventory managed by a specific platform. So they are able to track based on your inventory integration. So let's say if the inventory is coming from Shopify versus Amazon versus eBay versus uh, your uh, Escubana versus your Zentel. So depending upon how many other apps you are using, they can track, okay, where the inventory is coming from. And then you have uh, the stock keeping unit for that specific platform. Obviously, there is going to be a synchronization issues because these apps are not really designed for that bulletproof uh, <laughs> inventory control. So good luck with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, at least you have some traceability overall from the uh, SKU perspective as well as from the barcode perspective uh, on uh, on the slide itself. But when you are going to be sending the inventory, when you are going to be sending the order, you need to specify pretty much everything that they need to know to be able to ship to your customers uh, and then to be able to manage your inventory. It's interesting they're saying not available every part of the world, which, of course, is true of almost anything. But, uh, but they are seen to be international. Yeah. Which, which last week they were they were very much not and and so they do they do promote themselves as having international capability yeah that's probably not fair to them but you know when i look at the e-commerce players to be honest they are doing business in a lot of different crazy countries depending upon what your product is and sometimes your product is only going to be sold in nigeria for some uh, <laughs> and then you need uh, to be able to sell there, and that's why you probably need the shipping capital uh, in that country, even though you may be a U.S. or Canadian merchant. Uh, so yeah, that's but, why. But, it, but it's a, but it is they they definitely are more than North America. They're they're yes, much bigger yes. than that, and and that functionality, you know, it's it's also worthwhile if you're looking at any of these applications. You 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 tend to know where your where your uh, bread is buttered internationally. You know, maybe it's Europe, maybe it's South America, what have you. And double check their localization abilities there and any limitations they have there and whether they really understand, you know, the rules in order to in order to do that, that exporting of, of goods. It's not brain surgery, but it's detailed. Right. So, Phil, I'm going to have a question there on that comment uh, to you to make sure that our listeners are uh, you know, comfortable. So let's say if you look at the localization. So obviously these guys are going to handle the shipping. Part, right. But payment and the localization and the taxes is probably going to be on you because right. you are handling the commercial part. So it's not up to their only shipping. They might have a warehouse in Nigeria and let's say they might. So, for example, let's say the, the way in my mind, the way the process is going to work. Let's say if you are going to uh, trying to fulfill either in Nigeria or Kenya or Vietnam or wherever. Right. So what you are going to do is first, you are going to send the inventory to those warehouses and those warehouses are going to keep that inventory, and if the order is going to come from those locations, most likely, let's say, if you are uh, integrated using Shopify, if Shopify can, Shopify payment processor can support 
the Nigerian capabilities, then 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 you are good. So then you are going to be sending that order to that where in Nigeria, Nigerian where fulfill. So from their perspective, they are only trying to fulfill. They are not responsible for local. Right. So 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 I probably didn't say that perfectly. So so as far as the business processes, doing the orders, collect collecting. Uh, you know, the bills, making sure your product is certified to be able to be sold into that country, all that type of stuff. ShipBob isn't taking any of that for you. Where, where I may be misunderstood their business model is, let's say they have a DC in Nigeria, but you're keeping your inventory at their DC in Atlanta and you take an order from Nigeria. Are they shipping that order to the, to the DC in Nigeria and then covering the last couple of miles? It's if that's the case, then they have to deal with the import export rules of shipping into that country. And that I would believe would be on them. So I'm not sure that's their model. Or if, if I'm shipping it directly to the DC in Nigeria, I got to think about that a little bit then, uh, you know, because I'm now making a decision to how much inventory to put up in that third party warehouse half a, half a world away. Exactly. But in my mind, that's what they would want, because it's just much easier, because if they have to clear every single shipment, from the import-export perspective, good luck with that process. Because, yeah. you know, you might be selling for $5 and then, you know, every time the shipment is going to be stuck and five people are going to be involved in the transaction. Oh, my goodness. You can open they a could business model that and charge for it. I mean, it's not, again, it's it's not, the, once, you, once you know, you know, how to ship into Russia or how to ship to, a, you know, and how to make the money work and how to make the shipments go, it's a repetitive exercise or how, or how to ship into the U.K., you know, but but it, but it takes knowledge. But but yeah, I, if 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 I'm if I'm the the client and I and I'm and I'm saying I got I want to put X amount of inventory into Nigeria at, at a at a and let them be the my three PL there, then it, it's easier for them. I still have to make sure that I understand all the business components of that. And at the end of the day, it's my inventory. And then what happens if it doesn't sell? And and all of those types of things, you got to think things through because that's a lot more cost to undo what you're setting up than it is to just set it up in Atlanta. I completely agree. Uh, you know, SNOP is probably going to be a big component of that. So those are some interesting details that you <laughs> and you are exploring all of that. So some more comments here. So I definitely agree with the assessment that, you know, no monthly FP and which is fair as well. I can find ship hype to be fairer, to be honest. The, it, you should not be charging for the app. The app is really for you, okay? It's really a customer portal that you're exposing. Why would you charge for a customer portal? That would not make sense. So, yeah, I really like. The other thing that I really like about uh, ShipBob is going to be shipping in your own container, and which is a far more tricky process overall in terms of shipping, but you have far more control that, you know, you can at least control the, the contents in the in the package so that they are not complaining that you ship it correctly, <laughs> Uh, and here, the only thing they are doing is they are literally sticking. Just keep one thing in mind, okay? If you are doing that, then even though they are shipping, but you are doing all the work. So you need a lot of people to be able to do that, to manage your own warehouse process. So what's the point of doing 3PL? But I mean, there could be benefit, at least you are storing, uh, you know, in their uh, warehouse, And but you have to store the, the completely packaged, uh, you know, when you are following this. So again, these are some of the things that you need to be. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting one because it's it's unique and it's and it's cool and and say okay, I'll do my own pick and pack, I'll and I'll make sure everything's good and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna ship it out to someone else to fulfill. Well, I'm putting you know I guess I'm shipping them LTL shipments and they're doing the individual packages. Maybe there's math that works there, <laughs> but I mean I'm paying a lot of money to have someone throw a label on a box. <laughs> exactly, that would be my concern as well. Yeah. 
so a couple of more points. I think this is all good, made for e-commerce. I mean, they are really uh, designed for those details. Extremely clear in that. So you are looking at very fast goods. Easy and fast setup, you know, some BS. I don't care for that. Automated fulfillment, uh, generally fast shipping, you know, excellent customer support. Okay, good. Uh, okay, so let's so here they are saying fulfillment cost. They are saying B2C orders with 25 items for less. So they have a very different pricing model overall. Uh, so they are really, uh, you know, favoring the shipments that are going to have the fewer items. So if you are going to be B2B, you are probably going to be paying a lot more, uh, you know, just because of, uh, I don't know, I mean, see how they are going to, maybe B2B has far more effort. Uh, in terms of managing the transaction, but B2B are not going to have as much volume, uh, but they have to charge them. So that's why they are probably going to have different pricing. Um, so here they are saying pick and pack is included in the in the cost, the standard packaging included in the cost, shipping specific to the order, which is fair. I mean, that's probably what everybody will do. Uh, receiving per warehouse receiving order. Uh, so that's how they are receiving now, I don't know how that, again, I, I think I'm still not sure how the interaction is going to work when you are going to be doing the shipping, in, whether you are uh, shipping the whole inventory or you are shipping for individual customer. I think that is the question that we need to ask them, how that they are going to manage that transaction. But here, they have similar model ship hype where they are saying free for the first four picks in an order, and then it's going to be 20 cents for each additional Pick. So I would assume that if you have four lines in an order, and Phil, you can correct me if I'm off here, four lines in an order, then probably that's going to be free. Otherwise, you are paying for per line. Yeah, and and I, I tell you what, because I read in my research that these guys pricing premium. I saw it in. Yeah. This this looks, I, I'd have to math this. This looks cheap. This does yep. not look expensive to me. And they're also not saying four lines. They're saying four picks. Right. So, so, you know, that, that, which, which uh, if it's, if, if a pick is, can be multiple lines, if I have, you know, if they're saying a pick is pulling product from a location and that location has three lines, this could be very affordable. So, so Phil, so here's I, the question I, this, I'm going to I, ask I like you. It. I, I personally liked it, but I, I'd have to math what the total monthly cost of this really is. So here's the question I'm going to have for you on that. So they are very sophisticated warehouse and they have to be, really spot on in terms of finding the product in their house. Otherwise they cannot run a CPL business. So yep. they are man they are they are going to be really good at slotting. They are going to be really good at managing the bin uh, locations inside the warehouse. So my assumption, and you can correct me because you have far more background in the, uh, than I do. Okay. So my assumption is going to be each of these queues are going to be mapped to a bin location. So now when you have the sales order, if I'm going to have four lines, I am picking from four different would that not qualify for four picks when you have four lines? Or is that going to be just one pick? Because well, now I, you are picking from... A, a pick may be a line in this particular example, but it's weird they call it a pick. But 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 you're exactly right. They're going to have extremely sophisticated mapping of the warehouse, and they're, and they're going to have a very efficient pick process where yep. that they're not wasting any steps, whether it's an automated uh, pick process you know, that's robotic or whether it's whether it's people based that are that are having to walk somewhere and pick something and put it somewhere. It's going to be it's going to be extremely efficient. And so and and from my chair to, to charge free for four picks, whether they're lines or picks, and then to have 20 cents per additional pick, 
on an order is is inexpensive. So they yeah. better darn be because that is not a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And by the way, for B2C orders, I don't know how many customers are really going to be ordering more than four. So I think it's a very friendly business model. In general, probably it's going to be, uh, I don't think the B, in the B2C model, you're not going to have 10 lines. Uh, in my mind, it will be rare unless you are buying grocery, I guess. Yeah, I would agree <laughs> with that. It's not a B2B model where you're going to have a long pick list. You know, a B2C model, you're going to have limited lines. And also, there it's, you know, they're not in a back order position because they're not going to allow a pick list to hit the warehouse floor unless everything's on the, on the line. Yeah. So, so there is some simplicity here for sure because of their model. Okay, amazing. So some more uh, things about the price. I think the pricing is, is very fair overall. I mean, that's going to be my assessment. And Phil, I think you are agreeing. And obviously, there are going to be some surcharges for the getting the B2B large orders, which is fair as well. I mean, everybody does that. So I, I completely agree with the pricing and I like the pricing, the way pricing is. Now let's look at some of the integrations that they have. And some of the ones are really crazy. For example, you have, uh, and uh, this one, I don't know whether you are going to pronounce this as Gorgias or Georgias or <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but that is going to be the leading customer support tool now integrated with Chef Bob. So now uh, the question I'm going to be asking here is going to be, okay, why am I integrating my customer support tool with Chef Bob? You know, that's too much integration in my mind. Uh, and this is the same comment I'm going to have for a lot of different integration. Unless, Phil, you can convince me that, no, there's going to be a value in these integrations. And I just don't know why uh, they are doing these many integrations. The other one is your extra head of operation into accurate forecast for your business, which is Coxie. Okay. So now this is guy is, you know, they have designed an app. Uh, which can replace Phil Kerper for some reason, you know, it's going to be head of, head of operations and they are going to be doing all of the computing uh, that you are going to be needing. Uh, so Phil, I don't know, Amici, uh, what do you think? I mean, useful, not useful? Can you see them being used somewhere? So, so that I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm going to be able to be expert, give you expert on that. The, the Georgia's software package integration. I mean, that, that, I, I know of it. I mean, that's aimed at e-commerce uh, business models. Maybe there's something there that helps with customer experience if you look closer at that. Maybe they're integrating that because it, it takes away a step in order to get good customer service by having customer information that's sitting in their, in, in their side of the house. But I would have to look at exactly what they're integrating there and what functionality they're trying to get by having those two talk to each other. Right. So in my case, let's say if I'm the e-commerce merchant, so I'm going to have Shopify, I'm going to have my Shopify and Chip Bob integration. And then I may be utilizing the Georges. And then, you know, in that Georges, I'm going to have some customers with data. So I am sending my data from my Shopify and then I'm sending from them and from so many different apps as well. So that's where my concern is going to be, okay, what all touches am I going to have with ShipBob when I am interacting with them? It seems like they can integrate with a lot of them uh, overall. So at least they can gather a lot of data that you are going to be needing inside your ShipBob platform. Um, so here you have some more platform. Shopify, Shopify Plus makes complete sense. BigCommerce, WooCommerce, amazing. Love it. Uh, okay, then you have the uh, Becker Kit, which is the automate fulfillment for, uh, this is the crowdfunding one which is a completely different process than your e-commerce. This makes sense. You should have that. Okay, happy returns, loop returns, return. Lee, now since they are managing the return, if you are managing a separate platform that does not go through Shopify, okay, probably makes sense. Okay, that's why they are probably doing that. 
Then you have the Bright Pearl, Zentel, and these are some of the tools that we have already reviewed. Uh, then we have Fulfill.io, and they are slightly more inventory management tools. It's Cubana, uh, then you have Sin7. All of them are uh, you know, doing some sort of inventory, uh, and you are probably going to be using one. Sometimes you are probably going to be using two or three, uh, which is crazy in my mind, but uh, you know, they can integrate with all of them. Yeah, this is that's an impressive slide. Thing. Yeah, I mean that yeah. that there the and and the three returns we talked a little bit about how returns can be a messy part of the business. They got three you know pretty established platforms on the return side. So so that's impressive. That's a lot of functionality. They're 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 partnering with with some some you know really good brands and, and I'm and I'm sure really good companies. But but remember it's 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 just like you said you're cre you're creating an ecosystem with a lot of different pieces of the puzzle. Exactly. Exactly. So some more integrations here. So we have the shipping integration. So obviously now I'm I get a little confused. Here, okay. So now if these guys are actually doing the shipping, then why am I uh, integrating with another shipping software? Okay. Now I get it. Okay. So so they probably are integrating because they have to. Let's say if you have your own account that you need to be utilizing so that they can ship for you. I guess then you will be integrating. I don't know. I mean, it could be all over the place in terms of how the integrations are going to work, but seems like they can integrate with a lot of different shipping platform as well. And I don't know if this perspective is really from their perspective that they are integrated with all of this so that they can ship for you versus your perspective, because you are going to have your own account. You are going to have your own rate, but sometimes you are going to be very real. And I don't know if they provide the flexibility in using your account. Uh, can you do that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's that's pretty basic stuff, right? I mean, most companies they'll if the customer has a if you if you have a larger customer and they have a UPS account that they want you to use, that's pr pretty basic functionality. I got to think that you can use your UPS account or have some flexibility there to you know to on accounts, but typically that's B two B. So again, I got to think B two C on this. I don't. I'm baffled on this one a little bit with you, Sam. I'm not real sure what an integration with UPS does. On. Exactly. And then you have ShipStation. Is that is that lower? Is that ShipStation listed as an integrated partner? Exactly. I mean, in my that's mind, a competitor isn't that a competitor? right? Exactly. That would be my <laughs> ShipStation is almost the same thing as these guys are. I right? mean, they're a direct competitor. I have no idea. I mean, this is where I get confused that it could be all over the place. I don't know why they're integrating, but okay, they have that. Like, um, you know, you can utilize ShipStation as well. Let's say if you like. Ship stations, shipping rate, and that's probably the reason why they are probably in it. Okay, some more integrations. Uh, okay, the whole Shopify and QuickBooks is all about apps and integration. <laughs> yeah, so here you have a bunch of crowdfunding platforms which they can integrate, which is a nice thing in my opinion. Uh, that is going to be pre-integrated. Uh, you know, some of the text ones, obviously, that's a deal. Uh, text needs to be integrated anyways, uh, even in case of your ERP. So that's I like that. Uh, Let's look at some of the reviews. So here, uh, you know, the first review that we have is coming from the user. So here the user is saying, I work full time in banking and still run a company on the side that generates a lot of orders that need to be prepackaged and shipped. Now, there are a lot of e-commerce merchants to be, they are in this situation. For them, this is awesome, okay? You cannot get a better deal than this, okay? Because you just don't have to worry. You don't have time. You don't have bandwidth. To worry about the operations so for these guys it's just wonderful even if you are going to be paying a little bit more because obviously you are able to work full time you are making far more money if you were doing this yourself uh you know i don't know how you are going to feed your family with those five dollar e-commerce stuff so here they are saying the app works well but nowhere near as good as 
the online site. Please do not compare this with the site. Uh, you know, it is not meant to be online site. It's supposed to be a customer portal for a 3PL provider. So treat it as uh, that way. Some more reviews here. I also love how they sneakily word things in their SLAs. For example, let's say you want them to process inventory. You think they have to do it in five days, right? And uh, since that's what they said, false. They get to do it whenever they please. Okay, the wording in the SLA says five business days. Once the WRO moved to arrived status, but who decides when that moves? Now, this is the control comment that fell. Okay, when you are not going to be controlling your own shipment and the warehouse, you have no predictability in the process. When your customers are going to be receiving the order and you have no control because nobody is going to you. In fact, I mean, see, we have reviews from their support as well. That's their support is not reachable. They are the only support that they have is going to be email and they respond after a day because obviously they are trying to please 50,000 customers that they might have. So obviously you are a very small fish for them. So make sure you understand all of those issues. So even though they be great for a person who is working full time, but it's, it is probably not great for everybody. That, that complaint surprised me. And and first of all, I'd, I'm not surprised it's in the SLA. You, 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 if they got to check it in, you know, on, on onto the dock. They got to have a, a verifiable thing. But I, the only thing I can think of is it arrives at their dock and it takes them days to process it into their inventory. That doesn't make any sense for a well-run warehouse. You're not leaving stuff in your receiving area without checking it in and having its arrived status be in system. So I was confused by that one. Maybe I just don't understand that one well. So we have the consistent trend in the review that there is a delay overall in terms of yeah. the shipments. So a lot of, it's not just one user. There are at least 40 to 50 users that have reported this problem. And I'm shocked as well. When you are going to be so well invested, are investors not looking at these reviews? That's not making any sense to me. <laughs> not making any money with the material sitting on the dock. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it doesn't make, it doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me. But like yeah, but you I mean, said, they, there's something wrong with their receiving put away process, clearly. Yeah, and then and, and they must have a lot of busy warehouse, I guess, you know, and then time to process and something is happening that I cannot figure out. Yeah. So here they are saying fifty dollar a day for not having the right label on it. Can you believe that? Now that's a lot of charge for the five dollar good that you might be shipping to your customer. Uh, <laughs> uh, here uh, they are saying I literally left a message saying that they were sending out the wrong packages. Can you believe wrong packages? Okay, now that's a big deal. And I have seen one comment where they actually shipped a competitor product. Can you believe this? Uh, you know, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one hurts. <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> okay, so here the user is saying slow ship time, lost shipment, dirty. Inventory, can you believe? Okay, we have lost customers as a result of ship, ship bob taking too long with ship, shipping out orders. And by the way, this is somewhere in 2021, 2022. These are all latest reviews from a very trusted site that we all trust. Uh, Phil, this is the site that we use all the time. I got to wonder why Susan W. has been using these guys for over two years if this is what they're doing to her. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably she does not have any other choice. Maybe the other videos are really bad. Uh, worse than this one. Uh, that could be a possibility. But that's a good comment. Thank you so much, Phil, for that. Two weeks to ship some orders out. Customer didn't receive their shipment. Some of our inventory were left in worse condition. Then we shipped them. I can get dirty. Okay, some more reviews. A good tool, but the fulfillment is a different story. So they like the software, but they don't like the full products stolen from the warehouse. Competitors, goods shipped, etc. Use daily for six to twelve months. 
So these guys did not use for two years. <laughs> <laughs> it's missing some, some features that uh, one would need when managing a stock, like a quick quick way to view historic uh, product count. Okay, some features they are reading about. That's okay. I would like to see better and simpler integration. Now your company integration, you already have too much integration. Okay, connecting store is not a seamless experience, I guess. Then some more, they removed all shipping options and rules and instead put something in place. So they actually changed the whole shipping strategy. So here, this is a real concern. So let's say if you might have your conversion rate based on a certain shipping options that you are offering to the customer, but if your 3PL is going to change those, that's it, your conversion rate is gone. Uh, okay, conversion uh, optimization rate is gone. So that's what the, the user is complaining that you know their conversion rate dropped from 4.6% to 1.0 during the time that our shipping options were affected and they did not offer any sort of answers in terms of why they removed. Again, going back to what Phil's assessment was overall in losing that control and that control is really important. So Phil, I'm actually going to open up for the commentary now. Yeah, uh, and, on, and on that last one, I, I'd also say that, that that's that one was weird to me because you would think that would be covered in your contract document. You know, where they're, that that's that smelled like a bait, bait and shift switch, and you know that they're all of a sudden changing the terms after you're after you're in on them. But that's that's a those are a couple of scary comments. But I still thought, you know, even with those negative comments, there's a little bit of even the best of these guys are going to have some horror stories. It's not an easy thing to do is to manage that three PL front end of these businesses, especially one kind of small client at a time, if you will. Yeah. Um, they got some great functionality, it looked like. Uh, I, they obviously got good funding, so at least you're partnering with someone who should be relatively well-funded. I agree. But, but um, you, you know, they, I, I think you said something early, Sam, that I would, that I would echo, I, and that's the, all the eggs in one basket. You know, it, it test, test drive these things before you put your whole business anywhere like this where you're not in control of it, and make sure that, you, that, that what they told you is what's true, and make sure that you, when you experience some bumps in the road, which there are going to be some, that there's someone that responds to you and cares about your account, that you don't end up in limbo, which is kind of underlining some of those comments. As well. Yeah, I completely agree. So, Phil, I do have a question on the contract comment. So, can you be that specific in terms of providing, okay, how many shipping options am I going to get as part of the contract? Have you seen if any 3PLs are going to write? Okay, I am going to give you five menu, but tomorrow, let's say, if I need to remove an option, because I may have obligation to my vendor part, and they might remove that, and that could be the reason why I am removing that shipping option, right? So they could have their own contractual obligations, and that could be the reason why they may, might not be as, as... So in your experience, do you think that that could be a reasonable ask to ask them? Would they... Right, well, you can... Well, so so let's say you ask for some, some, uh, some assurances... Uh, in, in your contract and they say, we just can't do that because, you know, we, because of other issues, it's just not our policy or we're tied to other agreements. We have to have some flexibility. You can at least negotiate a notification. You can at least no, uh, negotiate some some relief in that situation and find something reasonable. And if they're just saying, no, 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 I consider that a red flag as I'm working on this. So maybe you don't get it all, but but what they said and what I heard in that in that comment is that they didn't get any notice, just all, boom, it's all of a sudden the terms are different. <laughs> well, that's not, that, that, that I, I can't accept that. I gotta at least say, you're gonna give me 30 days to figure it out or to start charging for it or something. So here is how the ERP sales interaction goes, well, okay? So the salesperson is going to say, you have nothing to worry about. I got you, okay? <laughs> 
Don't worry about the contract you have me, and after that, you are never going to see that salesperson. And I'm going to say, Sam, I love you to death, but if you get hit by a garbage wagon tomorrow, I want a piece of paper in my hand, okay? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Any final comments, Phil, before we close? Nope, nope, I thought this was a good one, and, and I learned some things from looking at these guys. There, there's a there's a lot of attraction for businesses that are starting to scale or your banker example where this really makes a ton of sense. Do your homework, test drive them before you before you put all your chips in the middle of the table and do your math. Make sure you understand the total costs of doing business. I completely agree. And my uh, you know final assessment is going to be 3PL has to be part of the mix of, you know, they add a lot of value in the business model, but treat a three like a 3PL in this business is not the e-commerce fulfillment. It's meant to be a CPL. So if you're looking for a CPL, they could be a great tech-enabled CPL. On that note, I want to thank uh, your time if uh, you joined for the first time. This was part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5 Eastern. We pick one vendor or the solution that we review independently. So make sure you are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another solution for the vendor. On that note, thank you. Uh, thanks once again for your time and insights. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Phil Kerper, head over to ringlingbusinesssolutions.com. It's R-I-N-G-L-I-N-G-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S-S-O-L-U-T-I-N-E-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-